Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to Stressed. I'm really, really excited to be sitting here with a really wonderful podcast guest today, Macarena. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. We've been friends for a long time now, probably five years, I would say, five or yes. six years. Um, and we have gone through a really... Uh, beautiful journey together over the last few years in both life, work, relationships. Um, and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, Maka. Before we jump in, tell us where you are located, what time it is, and what you've been up to today. Great. Right now I'm in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. It's 5 p.m. It's a really, really warm, sunny uh, summer day. <laughs> And uh, today I've been working, I've been editing videos, I've been editing photos, I've been working on some workshops that I'm making about inspiration as well. So everything is related to, to our topics. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. And um, tell us about you. Tell us about where your journey began um, and what you've been up to over the past couple of years. Okay, so I'm 29 years old. I'm an economist, actually. I studied business management. And I graduated from university and straight uh, jumped off straight to the corporate world into Google, where I worked first as a, as a support in the support center. And then I jumped to working with other clients in different areas. And after six years and a family tragedy, all my priorities shifted and I understood that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't live within the corporate world anymore, at least not under that structure. And I decided to, to take off. Uh, before that, three years before that, I went into what we call a rotation program, which is when, where you travel abroad and you live in a different uh, city and you work in a different role for three months, which was Chile, where, where we met <laughs> for the first time. Mm -hmm. And there I discovered photography. And since that moment onwards, photography really took off for me. So since 20. 19, which is when I quit Google in the summer of 2019. I've been working as a full-time photographer. I specialize in dance and acrobatics photography. I do film and photographs, but I prefer to do pictures. And of course, I do every kind of picture, but what I like the most is movement photography. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've been working with you, of course, <laughs> over the last couple of years as well. And it's been uh, such a wonderful um, process to watch you grow. And um, I want to talk with you today about creativity because creativity is the word for 2021. And for me personally, I chose it because I feel like a lot more people and me myself of course included can bring more creativity into their lives and you know it's something really interesting because I feel like if you would have asked me five years ago I would have told you I am not at all a creative person um, because I feel like in, I guess in my head a creative person was always an artist or a painter or something like that and 
over the course of the last five years building different companies and obviously building now the peak performance method um i've really really enjoyed the process of in expressing myself more in creative ways because i felt and explored that there were so many more ways to be creative than just painting a picture or taking a picture and um so today I want to talk with you about how peak performers can actually bring more creativity into their lives. And um, yeah, let's just kind of start with what do you think is creativity for you? That's a, a great question, actually, Jules, because the first thing that I want to address is that we tend to relate creativity with artists or with art or with an inspiration or something magic that happens. And I've always seen creativity as a tool that we can use in order to see problems in a different way and find for different solutions. So even if you think that creativity is not one of the skills you need for your everyday life, it has to be always there for you to find solutions, even to the most simple problem of uh, what are you going to eat tonight or what is the most innovative way in which to uh, grow your business for the next year or solve a structural problem within your company. So first, I want to, um, to break the myth that says that creativity is only for artists. Mm -hmm. And then I want to first um, talk about something that I've learned a long time ago. And it's a question, actually, it talks about the triggers, the triggers that we have for our own creative processes. And the question is, when do you feel most inspired? So this question is asked across a lot of people. And... Basically, the answer is never when I'm at work, when I'm sitting down in a, in, with my computer, I need to solve a problem and I try to find a different solution and there it comes. It's never there. Some people answer when they are commuting to work. Other people answer when they are taking a shower. Some say when they're uh, doing sports or just walking, taking a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. So basically, the result of these studies show that when we connect to something different, to what we are trying to do and, and specifically what we're trying to solve, that is when we start to get a different point of view and magic things happen, which is not actually magic, it's, it's, a, it's a process. Um, so for me, creativity is everywhere and, and it should be in every day of our lives because if we start doing everything like robots or mechanical solving, we would always get to the same solution. Uh, in a way, creativity, it's a way to find different paths to uh, the same or a different uh, way that we're trying to head. So I think it should be it should be in every day of our lives as a tool that we use to give more potential to our our solutions. Mm -hmm. And you know, I for me, what is really interesting is that you know I feel like I can be creative if I want to, but I also don't always have to be creative. But for a creative like you, where you know, that art is your, your profession. How do you stay creative? How do you get inspired over and over again? Well, I think that the answer is not to find the, the inspiration right in the same topic that you're trying to solve. For example, if I have an assignment where I need to uh, produce some work, some auto, uh, some self-portrait work and uh, make a, produce a text with it where I write, I'm not going to go to find inspirational sources that are strictly connected to what I'm trying to solve. I'm going to try to get inspiration from other sources. I will try to read maybe an autobiography. I will try to go out into nature and see things that normally trigger 
my instincts of wanting to create something. And this is very personal for each one, for each one of us. It's very different. It takes different forms. So the first thing that I want to point out here is that when we, when we are trying to reach a point of creativity, we need to explore within ourselves. There is no other way to do this. And it's not, it doesn't have to be something spiritual or hard. It's just trying out different things. It might be in cooking. It might be in watching something. It normally has more to do with us being able to be with our thoughts. So sometimes maybe watching like, a, I don't know, a TV show, it's not so good in terms of creativity because we tend to connect to that and not go outside of there. But when I talk about myself, I have the lack of working in, in a wide range of, of uh, artistic, um, um, like artistic uh, expressions. So sometimes I write, sometimes I take photographs, sometimes I make video. And normally I'm inspired by either one of them. It happens spontaneously. If this wouldn't happen, I would try to connect even more with art and with things that make me feel alive. So there are people, for example, that get this by being with their families. I do think it's really important and I've heard a lot of your videos, of course, and I find you very inspirational. I do think it's very important to have a good work-life balance because we normally get inspired in the times when we are not focusing on work strictly. So if we don't give ourselves time to relax and to, and to decompress, there is no way to, to leave space for other things to come. Mm -hmm. There was a book that uh, you recommended me a long time ago <laughs> by Elizabeth Gilbert <laughs> um, that it's called Magic. Creative. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and it talks about uh, the the creative process and how sometimes we think that we should just be laying down and then inspirations will come to us magically or that we need to be depressed in order to get ideas. And basically what Elizabeth Gilbert talks about, and I think this is very right, is that we should set the environment for ideas to feel welcome and for them to come and to embrace them and do something about it because it's not enough to just get a good idea and just get that bulb and say this is done you need to work on it for a long time so it's very important to set the environment for that idea to come and to stay with us yeah yes okay so there's two things so funnily enough when you said that you feel like you need to have a good work-life balance at the same time i took a note on my notepad that was that i've never really thought about it that way but that you actually need stress management in order to be creative um And it's something that super resonates with me. And we've obviously talked a lot about stress together. Like, you know, you've had kind of a burnout in 2018 at the same time that I had a burnout. And, um, and I thought it was really interesting and kind of a powerful reminder that we need space in order to be creative and we need to uh, disconnect from everything else in order to, to be more, um, to be more successful in anything what, that we want to do. And my sister actually said something really interesting this weekend as well. Um, she said to me, you know, like we are all chasing challenges and we all know that through challenges we grow, but we're not growing through the challenge because we have one challenge after one and another. We grow from the challenge when we take a break to reflect on what the challenge was about and what we learned from the challenge, you know? And I think it's almost a little bit similar in, the ter in terms of like the creative process because you need to take basically a break from work. If you're trying, for example, to uh, come up with a new idea or create a new project, then you need the space and the relaxation phase in order to uh, just be inspired and be surprised. 
Um, and then the other thing that I want to say is with Elizabeth Gilbert, I love that book. And I'm glad that you bring it up. I didn't even think about it, that when we're talking <laughs> about creativity, that we should talk about big magic. But one of the things that actually resonated most with me in the book was that she said that how, how much she's been working on becoming a writer, that we all think you just get an inspiration. And I'm sure for some people, maybe that's what happens, right? They just get an inspiration and they start writing. But I don't think that that is the main population. I think the main population has to work really hard. And she basically explains how many years she was writing and how consistent she was and how structured she was with herself and strict with herself to write every day to, be, to get to a level of just becoming a more beautiful writer. Um, so I think there's also something said between the balance of um, relaxation, but then also being clear on the structure and the structure and what else uh, <laughs> the consistency <laughs> yes yes yeah. yes totally and when you were asking me at first uh, if we were talking about what is creativity mm -hmm. there is another um, there is this is a sort of practice or exercise that you can that you can do if you have a large group and it's very interesting not you but anyone in a team or um, which is basically asking a group of people To, to name in one minute how many functions they can think for a clip, you know, the clips, like mm -hmm. the, and so you set the time and you count how many they, they answer. What is interesting is that when you reach to a minute, the average is normally, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's, it's 20, but it's never more than that. Mm -hmm. And then what they say is that there was a study conducted with people that were suffering from mental illness or, or, or they were considered to have uh, some sort of, of disorder and they would get to maybe 100 results because the path that they would follow, instead of being the object and what you can do with that object, they would go from any, any solution. They would say, for example, helicopter and from the, the helicopter, they would go back to the first point. Mm. So basically what they have is they have this, strange uh, path connections in their neurons which allows them to think of things that we would never think of if, if we try to state them rationally and what is interesting is that i see creativity as a way of of opening those possibilities because sometimes that could be delusional but many times we need that in order to produce something different creativity is doing something in in a way it hasn't been done before So there is no way to get there if you're thinking in the same steps over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's like when you ask someone for, for the answer to a, to a problem that they have never seen because you know that if they don't have the same restraints as you have and they don't have the, the kind of information that you have, they might come up with something that you wouldn't get and maybe it is the right solution in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually that, that brings me to think of something else, which is repetition. How How important do you think repetition is to be more creative though? Because I feel like there is, there is part of creating new results, but yeah, I'll just, I'll just ask you how important do you think is repetition? Perfect. Um, in my opinion, if we talk about hard work, you were saying about how many hours it takes or how much effort we have to put into, into things working out. Mm -hmm. creativity is like any skill and it has to be developed and it has to be worked on so it, it requires a lot of time mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it repetition just so that we don't fall into uh, doing the same thing where you would probably get the same answer what I would say instead of repetition is 
to try to go deeper into something. If you discover that you are feeling something, for example, there is an exercise that I like to do in my, in my inspiration workshops where I ask people to look for triggers. We, we sometimes can look for artificial triggers where we try um, watching, we try searching for Google images and we can, we can look for uh, animal images, then we can go look for food and we can see what, which of those images trigger certain feelings in us that will let us then expand them and try to think more about them, you know? And I do think that if we talk about repetition, in that sense, it is important in the sense that we shouldn't be satisfied. If, if I realize that there is a book that I found that I love, even though I love it, if I read the same book 10 times, by the 10th time, I will probably, I won't get inspiration from it. I will just get the same thing over and over. But if I found that there is a book that I like, I might find related authors. I can keep on reading forward. I can look, I can search into, into the same topic. So I do think that repetition is important in terms of going deeper into something when you realize that it can trigger something in you. Yeah. I think it's also about that consistency piece of like, you know, I'm just thinking about my YouTube videos, for example, right? I've been doing hundreds of videos over the last two years and the repetition of like sitting it down, like recording a video, thinking about the topic, etc., has brought me to like this space where I'm like, like I get constantly re-inspired by looking at other YouTubers and how they're doing things and um, looking at my own videos, which is sometimes hard, but, <laughs> but looking at them and then thinking, oh, okay, like this was not great enough. Like I need to do something different. But that repetition, that sense, the repetition and the consistency of continuously doing kind of the same thing still helps you grow. And I think it goes back to actually mastery and something that um, Robert Green talks about in his book, which is, you know, they say, I think 10,000 hours. Um, I was going to say that, yes. <laughs> 10,000 hours to be, um, mas to master a skill, right? And so, yeah, you just have to think about it maybe that way as well in terms of your own creativity. Yes, and, and something that I think is very important to point out as well is that I believe there are two ways to see creativity. One is that it's a way to face a situation, an issue or, or anything in our lives. The other way is as a creative relief, as a way of, of expressing something that we need to get out of our system, mm -hmm. which I can much relate to the second option. I, I've always been creative. I've always found creativity as a way of, of uh, reaching the different solutions. But in the past time, during quarantine, for example, it was the only way that I had in order to express what I needed and to feel this huge relief like getting something out of my system and in that sense i think that something key is to stop judging ourselves and be more playful because if we are judging ourselves and we and we try to put uh, to define ourselves under under this um important title or something untouchable that can't break and that really can't then it's impossible to be able to show that we can do something different and be something different than one, than what we think so we need to reduce the level of judgment to zero and be playing around. When I'm trying, for example, to photograph, whether it's me or a different subject, what I do is I call them investi investigative processes, uh, mm -hmm. which is basically I try to either put on music and I try to bring up a topic that normally is the, the photography's inspiration. So if it's me, it's me, but if I'm working with someone else, it's their inspiration. And then I try to go deeper into that, that subject, but ask them to investigate that with their body, 
and I have the camera in my, in my hands. So basically they are getting deeper into that thing that they're thinking about. And in that process, I can't predict the answer and they can't either. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be taken to pretty much anything. If, unless we lose track of where we are and where we can head into, it's not really creativity. It's just a, a calculated process. Very controlled and structured. Yeah. Exactly. So we need to be able to create an environment where we feel safe enough as to try things out without feeling judged by ourselves or anyone else. And then stop saying no to things until we can do something or create something and we can judge more objectively that result, that end result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And do you feel like you've been feeling more inspired and creative in the last 12 months during quarantine or less creative? I had a first moment where I thought I was going to suffer a lot during quarantine. So we were in lockdown here since March last year. And I am used to doing investigative processes with other people. So basically they work with their bodies and I work around them with my camera. And when it all started, I was thinking that it, they were really going to be 15 days inside and then we were going to go out and be, be just fine. And as time went by, I was starting to realize, okay, this is going to stay longer. And normally we, we are able to rush and to run from one situation to another. I was with a lot of work before quarantine. So I was able to not think and not put myself in front of my, of my problems, of my thinking, of, of, of everything, and just be rushing all the time. And when I had to stop because the world stopped, I was faced with myself. And that's when I, I had to do the, I had to turn around all my process and put myself in front of the camera because I thought I'm not going to be with anyone for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I started, the, the way in which I started allowing myself to do this, and I'm, I'm, I would say I'm very shy, so I'm not used to being in front of the camera. It's not, not something that I used to do naturally. Yeah, I just wanted so to was, say as well, you've never really were your own subject, right? Before no, that. No, never, never. <laughs> and and I also felt limited by the technology, which is uh, another point. I, I felt like I couldn't achieve the same results if I wasn't holding the camera in my hands. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where I, I had no other choice. I was writing a lot and I had all this spare time and I was thinking, I'm just going to play in the way that I would let someone else play and give them the tools to do it. And when I'm norm normally in this side of the lens, the, the regular one, I give them, for example, watercolors and they are playing with their bodies because I try to give them tools so that they can get distracted and allow themselves to be really creative. And when I was watching them, I was thinking, I would love to play with that. <laughs> so when I was in lockdown, I thought this is a great chance for me to, for the first time, try to play and, and have this space for me. So I closed the, the bedroom door and I started playing with some tools that I had. And it was such a huge relief. And, and I, I ended up doing some videos where I am in tears. Uh, there are others where are, I am more superficially dancing or playing with, with something. So I found a way to, to, to find a, a huge relief. And that triggered also a lot of writing, much more than I was doing before. Because I realized that I still needed that. And I couldn't use what I was using before, which was other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or I mean, use as a trigger and, and help them uh, express themselves. I had to do it myself. And it was really tough at points. 
but I think I, I've grown a lot. And but I do feel that if I hadn't stopped judging the results, I would have never done that. And then there would be times where I was thinking, I'm going to do this and this. And I'm very I'm a, a planner from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So I would think I'm going to put this and the camera will be here, the light will be like this. And then I was there and I might be watching the screen to see how it looks and it would be so different to what I pictured. And I had two ways to go. I could try to fight it and turn it around to what I was trying to imagine in my head or I could try to go with it and see what it made me feel in order to continue under that new path. And I always decided to that take to take that course and it's always unpredictable and interesting because then I would sit down and think wow and sometimes it doesn't work but it's okay <laughs> it's I'm glad that you perfect. say that <laughs> <laughs> it's not always perfect it's not but even if you if you sit down writing for an hour and then you find one word that you can relate to and that makes you feel great about what you've done it's worth it because you've invested time in yourself and it's okay. There is no judgment. You're the only one seeing it in yeah. the end. Yeah. And at least you have spent some time with yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm smiling here the whole time while you say that, because I think your self portraits are like one of the most amazing work that you've produced. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank they're you really, so much. really beautiful. And I hope that everybody is going to go and check out your Instagram profile um, at Maga de Noya. And I'll obviously link everything in the show notes as well, but Yeah. So, so now going back kind of to that initial question, which was how can peak performers be more creative kind of connected with actually, how do you stay inspired during times of COVID? Because I think we basically experience both at the moment. So how, when people yes. are listening right now and they're like, okay, you know, like going back maybe more, more to structure and a step-by-step -step process. What do you <laughs> think about? Okay. So I would, I would give a very short list as an advice. So the first would be make sure you have time for yourself, mm -hmm. which is what you always say, mm -hmm. at least some time to disconnect and get off of uh, all the electronic uh, things that we're using all the time and try to leave your mind, not blank as in meditation, but just relax and have some time for yourself. That is the first step. The second step I would suggest would be looking for inspiration, which might be taking a shower. Some people get inspired in the shower. Mm -hmm. trying to find things that they that you enjoy doing and where you can just relax and be yourself then the the other thing would be to try to be in the place where you are sometimes in confinement right now i, I don't know if someone is in well in europe yes so mm -hmm. basically one of my biggest uh, pieces of advice in the workshops that i facilitate is that we need to see different the place we are at because the place we're at is not going to change and we are in lockdown mm -hmm. So basically change the perspective. For example, if you are not used to this, it can be changing the music you usually listen to and maybe lying on the floor and watching and staring at the ceiling or watching, changing the furniture, trying to change something in your routine that will make you feel different about your environment. Mm -hmm. And then always have tools to express yourself, whether it is a phone camera, whether it is a paper and a pencil, um, anything, anything that you can think of. If, if you like to use your hands, maybe you can have something that you can play with and, and uh, get a shape into it. Try to find what kind of activities make you feel better and see if you can connect that to this, the spare time that you have. That I know that at this point it's really hard because sometimes the, the stress is a lot when you are in confinement and working, so it's not easy and with the family to find those times. Wait. 
Gómez, basta, basta. Sorry. <laughs> no, if it was Steve, you could hear it. Gómez is the dog. <laughs> Not her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, so, um, so basically, taking tiny steps towards finding the, the time and space in order for you to express freely. Mm. If you're all the time with your family and you feel like you have no time to be alone, try to find that within your family. Maybe play something with your kids. Mm -hmm. Kids are the best source of inspiration because they have no restraints to their, to their imagination. And it's fantastic if you give them a proposal, they will definitely take it higher. Mm -hmm. So in, in that case, try to take anything you have in your house to get inspiration from it and to work on it in whichever form you can find. There is a, a really interesting photographer that is called Weston. He used to take photographs of peppers and his photographs are incredible. They look like the human shape. I, I, I really mm. admire Oh, I've seen those pictures before. Yeah. From 1900s. He's incredible and he had a pepper so when i see those pictures i think we can't say that we have no resources you know yeah if you take your phone even if you use your phone with an instagram filter and you look at the world with different cameras that you can take in your instagram filters mm -hmm. it's already a different way to see what you what you have around you mm -hmm. and there are many tools that you can look for for do it yourself for example if you want to try to take a self-portrait you can make a homemade tripod for your phone with some cardboard. So there are no limits to what you can do. I think the most important thing is to have time, to make time for mm -hmm. that to happen. Mm -hmm. If you have time, the rest comes um, and play and not, give it, not think of it as something so important. Um, whenever you're thinking of, of applying this to your day-to-day -day work, that's what I would advise. If you feel like, you're, like you have a blurry mind and, and you're not sure if you, if you can continue working because there are no, you have no creativity to find solutions, then take a, a, a breath, a tiny rest. Try to look for references in work that looks like yours and you think it's inspiring and then go back to the activity that you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, because one of the things that I do want to highlight here as well is that I feel like when people hear you speak and you say you need to have time, people probably think oh, I need to have two or three or four or five hours, you know, and I think that's really important. And I always say that no matter if we talk about self-care and stress management and all these different things, it's even if you have 10 minutes, like I, while you are speaking, I was just thinking about as well, like my last creative kind of idea that I had that was so powerful was I went to bed super early at like 7.30 <laughs> and I have these magazines laying on my um, nightstand and sometimes I read them and sometimes like they're laying around for weeks and so that evening I was like oh I'll just like open it and like you know go through a couple of pages and there was an article about women and how they can um, work through limiting beliefs as a woman and you know how that can hinder you from being very successful and it was so inspirational for me that I had like five different ideas of what I want to do with it. Um, and I like got my, my journal and I got like my notepad and I started for like one hour all of a sudden to just write out all of these different ideas of what I want to do. And it was really spontaneous. And I think, you know, sometimes these things will happen and sometimes it won't. Sometimes you just, you know, flip through five pages and you'll put it aside because that day you don't feel that inspiration and that's okay as well, you know. Exactly, yes. And about the time that you were saying that it's very important, I found, for me, for example, a tool that I, that I used, uh, that I found useful 
was when you used to post the stories of uh, take a deep breath, mm -hmm. you used to do stories that lasted 15 seconds that would say take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. For me, maybe I'm scrolling now uh, down on social, on social media and I find that and I follow the instructions of just taking a deep breath mm -hmm. and that three or four seconds might lead to an inspiration or, or something creative. And it's not because, oh, that I, it's not because I'm creative or, or because I work as an artist. It's because we need those kind of breaks. Even if it's for two seconds or for, or for 15 seconds, it's to stop for a, sec, for a minute and clear our minds and then go back to what we're doing. And this happens a lot when we think about changing the perspective. You know, sometimes you've probably done this. If you're working on a presentation and, and you've been working for several, several hours, you might get too critical and you might need to put down the computer, go make yourself a coffee, come back and open the computer again. Mm -hmm. And that it's just changing the, the shift and the, and, the, and the focus because you're already too, like too, um, I don't, don't want to say obsessed, but you're too much into it and you need to have some space and then go back to that. Creativity is just the same way. So mm -hmm. the, the first thing you need is to take distance and to let yourself uh, express and, and feel free to, to connect with what you need and then go back to your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I love the 10, 15 seconds, just taking a deep breath idea as well. Um, great. Thank you so much for these um, tips. Maka, what are you working on right now? I want you to talk about the big project you're working on right now. Okay, so... I would say my biggest project right now is my book. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on, on a very personal book. I, I've always dreamt of, of publishing one, a book written by me. And then this year with the quarantine, I was writing almost every day. And I found that I had a lot of ease in expressing my feelings. And when I posted them on social media, a lot of people would say that they felt a huge relief with connecting to what I was feeling and seeing that they were not alone. And this was very um, catarchical. It was not something very tidy or, or, or thought of. It was more to just get it out of my system. And when I went back to my writings, I realized that I have things that I've written since I was 11 years old and that I'm always touching certain topics from different moments in my life. So I thought it would be very interesting to have a sort of book that it's a, an, an, a, a compilation of stories, fictional and non-fictional about my life that lead you through different topics that I've been going through and to see how I've changed through the years. So that is my biggest project right now, but I'm normally, work, um, normally working on a lot of things at the same time. So uh, other projects that I'm really happy to be working at are photographing artists here in Argentina. I'm working with circus artists in, in a project where I portray them with their ones they love doing their, their, making their art and, and doing something more personal out, out of what we normally see as artistic or distant from us. Um, so those are, are my, my favorite projects I'm working at, but it's normally, I normally work on, on several things. Yeah. <laughs> and also the workshops are very important, mostly because I feel that We can, be, we can all be closer than what we think in terms of the, the things we need to feel better, even if we're very different in personalities and in character. And I love to find those tiny connectors in order to, to make people feel relieved in these, hard, in these hard times. So workshops have also been a surprise for me in during this, this year. Mm. Yeah. And do you have 
a morning routine or like a routine throughout the day where you feel like that kind of helps you reset and create that space to be creative? Well, I normally have, my, my work is very unstable in terms that I might have two or three weeks where I'm working nonstop and then maybe I have three or four days when I'm completely free and I can rest. But that's why I try to, to force myself to have a very clean and, and structured routine because otherwise then I'm just working for 15 hours in a row. And, and I, I've never done this in my corporate life. I was very strict with leaving at 6 p.m., But then you find something that you're passionate about and I know it's not easy to stop. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always try to follow your advice right. <laughs> and, try to, <laughs> and try to at least exercise once a day, go out for a walk, take some fresh air. I try to wake up. I, I try to eat healthy. For me, it's very important so that I don't feel heavy when I'm sitting down to work. Mm -hmm. This is when I'm working at home. When I'm going to, to follow shoots, it's a little bit more on the go because I need to go to a place and take the photographs and come back. But if I have an, an office day, which is what I normally have, I wake up, I try to have a light breakfast, I sit down for several hours, and I try to stop at, in, in the evening and go out and be very connected to nature. In my case, one of the things that I know I need, even if I forget that I need it, is to walk and just see water, see a lake, sit down in the grass, watch the, the sky. That makes me feel connected to the present. If I'm not connected to the person, there is no way that I can function. So mm -hmm. I try to stick to that. Very nice. Yeah. Maka, I'm just looking at you and like sitting here, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> Because I feel like we've gone through a lot together over the last few years and especially of course the last year. And um, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and as a daily inspiration um, of how to live life. So. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you Thank so much you. for uh, your friendship. And um, I really hope that a lot of people will find inspiration from listening to this. Thank you, Jules. You're a huge inspiration as well. And you're a great company. And, and you know how much I care for you. So thank you for opening this space. And I hope uh, people find it useful as well. Thank you. Bye.